0: The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. Stephen J. Eisenman looks to bring more happiness and balance to your day with his new book, Reflections Beside Still Waters, embracing everyday possibilities for goodness, kindness, and peace. I'm talking with Stephen here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Stephen, thanks for being here with me tonight.
1: Hi, Corey. Thanks for inviting me on your show.
0: Can you tell me all about Reflections besides Stillwaters?
1: Reflections is a a thoughtful, peaceful, I hope uplifting discussion of some of the values and ideals that I feel are essential if we're looking to find a measure of peace and happiness and balance in each day. The book is a pleasant, easy read. It's less than 70 pages long. The ideas are I think, Corey, are very simple and straightforward. But what really makes the book sort of jump off the shelf at you is it's chock full of gorgeous photographs hmm. of Lake Michigan and Parklands and wetlands in the Chicago area taken by my co-author, who's a wonderful photographer, Judith Salstone. So it's, um, I would say that the covers themselves are probably worth the price of admission.
0: Hmm. How did the idea to write this and publish this come about?
1: Well, probably have to go back quite a few years to my mom's passing, hmm. probably the most difficult loss I've ever had to, I've ever had to deal with. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, during the months after my mom passed away, my dad and I were kind of leaning on each other, I think, and trying to help each other along. One of the things that we did was to start going once in a while to Friday night services at our synagogue, North Shore Congregation Israel in Glencoe, Illinois. On one of those occasions, the rabbi gave a sermon on what she called an ethical will, something I'd never heard of before. She started by sort of ticking off all of the the reasons people typically have for writing a regular will. Uh, The desire of kind of directing your own arrangements, making sure the things that you have valued And found enriching over your life are available to the people you love to go on enriching their lives and then she posed I thought a very profound sort of a spiritual challenge she said isn't it just as important to share with the people that you love and perhaps even people you don't even know what little bit of wisdom and truth and insight you might have learned along the way Don't you want the values and ideals that are sort of the foundation of your life to be preserved and to be be available, to be shared with other people? And I just found this to be particularly um, inspiring, I suppose the, the concept sort of clicked into place in my psyche and I didn't do anything about it right then and there. But over the years that followed, I found myself kind of returning to the idea and sort of posing the question to myself. I was a man in my 50s at the time and I thought, what have I learned? What do I feel I have to offer other people who might be interested in any little bit of wisdom that I might be able to share with them or impart to them? And it, it took me until my retirement to really start writing about it seriously. And as I did, I found that I warmed it to the topic or warmed to the challenge began to introduce new topics or new, new themes that I, I hadn't considered earlier, began a process of writing and rewriting that seemed like it went on forever. But finally, after a couple of years, I had something that I thought was, was worth sharing. And then it became a matter of possibly finding photographs and a visual component to the piece that would really complement the words and provide for just a really, I hoped, a very engaging reading experience.
0: Stephen's book is out now. It's called Reflections Beside Still Waters, Embracing Everyday Possibilities for Goodness, Kindness, and Peace. It's published by Fulton Books, and you can find it everywhere at Amazon, at iTunes, Barnes & Noble, Google Play, traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Of course, written by Stephen J. Eisenman. Stephen, thanks again for coming on the show. I had a really good time talking with you tonight.
1: Thanks, Corey. It was a pleasure.
0: Author Kimberly Cortez takes on the purpose of life in her new book, Expedition Love, A Journey Down the Narrow Road. Kimberly is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Kimberly, thanks for joining me tonight.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Can you tell me about Expedition Love?
2: Absolutely, I'd love to. Well, like you said, my book is all about discovering the purpose of life. Um, You know, it's about Coming to a realization, really, that everything in our life is purposed around love, love for God, love for others, love for ourselves. In this understanding, we, we find out that we're each assigned a specific group of people in our life, other people who have been placed in our life, people He's connected us to for the purpose of positively impacting them and loving them and using our gifts and talents to impact these people. But, you know, oftentimes in our life, we get trapped by warped mindsets and trauma and pain. And those things, unfortunately, they keep us from walking in that truth and that calling. So ultimately, Expedition Love is about exploring that truth and really exploring thought life healing, as I like to call it, Hmm. so that we can open ourselves to really walking in our calling of agape love.
0: Where did the inspiration to write this come from?
2: Well, sadly, it came from my own pain, to be really frank and honest. Hmm. You know, my personal journey was, uh, you know, one of difficulty. My, My youngest daughter went through a lot of pain and a lot of tragedy in her life. And during that time, I began to look for answers and look for healing and look for, you know, really what the purpose of this life was. And that journey led me to the answers that I've shared in this book.
0: About how long were you working on it?
2: Well, life experience about 5 or 6 years, actual writing time I would say about a year.
0: And have you published before?
2: This is my first book.
0: Congratulations. It's a huge Thank you. huge deal to get your first book out there. How does it feel to have your work out?
2: Oh, it's exhilarating. It is surreal to be honest with you, to be able to tell my story and to hopefully help somebody else who might be going through the same thing. It's truly life-changing.
0: And do you plan on writing more and getting more books out there?
2: Absolutely. Um, As a matter of fact, Expedition Love is the first in a three-part series. I have another book coming out in January, hopefully 2021, and it should be on schedule for that time. It's called Expedition Healing. And I have a third book, a third part of the series, uh, Expedition Thrive, that's a work in progress now. And I'm also working on some children's books. I just published my first children's book, uh, The Adventures of Dressy Jesse and Elsie Jones. And I'm hoping that'll be another series with more books to come.
0: Yeah. So now that you're doing all this, you're writing a lot of books, you're getting a lot published. Do you have any advice for people looking to doing the same thing for the first time?
2: Yeah, I do. I mean, you know, one of the biggest challenges that I faced, I think, was self-doubt you know, nervousness about, you know, what are they going to think? What are people going to come to the conclusions when I read my book? So I, I guess the biggest piece of advice I would give is just don't doubt yourself. Just start writing. Just do it. You know, if you read my book, you're going to find out that I believe that every single person in this world is created with gifts and talents and we're all made in the image of God and we're all meant to shine. So my advice would be just write that book and do what you're called to do.
0: Well, Kimberly, thank you for using a lot of pain and experiences in your life to reach out to others and to help others and encourage us. It's called Expedition Love, A Journey Down the Narrow Road by Kimberly Cortez. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere at Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, and iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores everywhere you get your books at. Kimberly, thanks again for coming on the show tonight. I had a really good time talking with you today.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure.
0: The book we're talking about now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is described as a real-life political rocky. It's called Dead Man Running, and the author, Rob Kernock, is here with me right now. Rob, thank you for joining me tonight.
3: Well, thank you for having me. I sure appreciate it.
0: Dead Man Running is a real-life political rocky. I'm really intrigued. Uh, what's this all about?
3: Well, basically, it's, it's a story about someone that kind of became a reluctant candidate for Congress and it kind of follows how this person went from becoming somewhat interested in politics to getting to the point where he felt like he just had to run. And I'm intimately familiar with this person because that person, of course, is me.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so
3: I ended up transforming from someone who really didn't pay a lot of attention as a, as a teenager and young 20 person, 20-year-old. 20 and I got to the point where I saw so many things happening and it just seemed like somebody had to do something. In our case, it was a a matter of some local folks saying, Rob, would you consider getting involved? And I was kind of hesitant because of life situations at the time I was about to get married for the first time along with my wife. For both of us, it was a first marriage, so it was a, a big time in life, and I just didn't have politics on the brain at the moment. But it was one of those things where it just kind of happens, and the book talked about how that happened and how we got to that point.
0: What inspired you or gave you the idea to write this story out and then get it published for the world?
3: Well, you know, the, the race itself turned out to be a real adventure. And everybody hears about how dirty and nasty politics is. And here was a shot, a uh, situation where I actually lived through it. And I'm a former journalist, so for me it was just natural to try to explain to everybody what, it, what exactly politics is all about. It really can be worse than people think. It really is amazing. But there's also a lot of positive things to it, too, and I talk about that as well. It's just a totally different world than people would expect. But once I got into it, it was just amazing the things that you would see. And what's even more amazing is this story on this particular race. It's applicable to races all across the country, even though this is a a race about Central Texas Congress and what a candidate in this area goes through. It's amazing how the story actually seems to play out all the way up to presidential politics, the same types of things that happened to me in this race happened all the time, all the way up to the presidential level. And you're just going, wow, this is amazing. And it's not meant to be the Rob Kernock story. It just so happened I'm the guy that was the candidate. So it turns out to be the story. But I really didn't mean for it to be that. It's really more along the lines of if you are ever thinking about running for office yourself or ever interested in getting involved and and what all happens if you do get involved, this is a perfect book for you to read. This will give you a blow-by-blow blow perspective of what's going to happen if you actually do take the plunge. And the one thing that I always believed in, and I now believe it more so than ever before, is that evil flourishes when good men do nothing. Mm. You don't realize how much that's true until you see exactly where we're at today in, in our society. I mean, we're really, we're really divided. And that was the whole point of the book, is that we just need to fight. We need to fight for something that's very, very valuable. And that's what our founding fathers left us, which is a freedom in a representative government. And unfortunately, I see that disappearing, which is why I want people to get involved and, and take the plunge. Get get in politics, especially if you, you have the right philosophy. And when I say the right philosophy, I think the one that typifies the American dream, which is freedom, the right to pursue happiness, all the things that are stated by the founding fathers in our founding documents.
0: I encourage listeners to check this out. It's available in stores now. It's called Dead Man Running by Rob Kernock. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere at Amazon, on Barnes and Noble, iTunes, even traditional brick and mortar stores. Rob, thanks again for coming on the show tonight. I had a really good time chatting.
3: Well, I appreciate you having me on, and hopefully people will enjoy the book and be educated by what it has to say.
0: If you're into Wall Street, then you'll be into the next book we're talking about here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. It's called Wallworth Street to Wall Street, Back Office Clerk to Investment Banker, a Wall Street Memoir. The author, Pasquale Pat Skeeta, is here with me now. Pat, thank you for joining me tonight.
5: Yes, thank you very much for having me.
0: So it sounds like you have quite a story to tell in this book. Could you tell us about it?
5: Well, Walworth Street to Wall Street, back office clerk to investment banker is essentially a memoir. My own story, that of a young man of modest means and background with little formal education or knowledge of Wall Street, takes an entry-level position there. Ten years pass, and he finds himself transacting tens of billions of dollars daily. At the same time, It's a series of essays and reflections on the day-to-day experience of Wall Street, from the menial tasks and cave-like atmosphere of the back offices to the chaotic trading floor and the political ruthlessness of the executive suite. I mean, that's the way I can sum it up.
0: Mm, Wow.
5: When you wrote this, did you have a target readership in mind? My target reader is anyone with an interest in understanding the way Wall Street works. What Wall Street workers actually do, from back office clerk to stockbrokers, underwriters, and investment bankers. It's not an investment advisory. It's more the inner workers and what they do. How the sausage is made, to use a phrase we hear often these days. Is this the
0: first book you've ever written or the first time you've been published?
5: Yeah, it's the first time I've been published and the first time I've ever written a book. I've written much as an executive over 35 years. I wrote a lot of things and uh, and have been a diarist, but never been published.
0: Oh, How does it feel now to have your first book out there? It's a big milestone.
5: It does feel good, but it, there's also you know a sense of relief that it's done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. How long were you working on it?
5: I worked on it over many years, but it took me three years to put it together once I got the feeling that it was something that was worthy of publication.
0: Like you said, it's an awful lot of work. Is there any words of advice that you could give to aspiring authors looking to do the same thing you did?
5: Write every day. Make time, fix the time, and write every day because when you write every day, you produce something that's very relevant. But when you write in a choppy way, every other day, every two weeks, today in the morning, tomorrow at night. And it doesn't work that way. If you write every day consistently, you'll come up with something that's really relevant, your story, whatever it is, and relevant and something that is publishable.
0: Is there something in particular that persuaded you or inspired you to actually sit down and write this book at this point in time?
5: When I retired, I realized that my story was perhaps unique, but I didn't know how it happened. I had learned as an executive, I had been taught that when I wanted to figure out what had happened or what I should do over a problem, I should sit down and write about it. Hmm. And in doing that, figuring out what the events were that propelled my success and my life during all the years I worked, the book
0: emerged. So looking down the road, do you plan on writing more, maybe getting some more books published?
5: Yes, I'm, I'm actually... When I retired, I always thought that in my retirement, I would write mystery fiction. Mm. And so after this book emerged, I began working on a a mystery that is about a stockbroker who uh, turns out to be an amateur uh, sleuth, an amateur detective. So that's what I'm working on now. Again, if you're into Wall Street, you're going to love this book. It's
0: called Walworth Street to Wall Street, Back Office Clerk to Investment Banker, a Wall Street Memoir. It's by Pasquale Patskita and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, brick-and-mortar stores, everywhere you shop for books. Oh, Pat, thanks again for coming on the show with me tonight. I had a really
5: good time chatting. Again, thank you very much, Corey. Uh, it was my pleasure.
0: Roadways to Reading is a fun new children's book in stores right now. It's written by Shavy Gross. I'm talking with Shavy right now. Thank you for joining me tonight, Shavy.
6: Hi! thank you for having me. So excited.
0: Can you tell me about Roadways to Reading?
6: So Roadways to Reading is a fun, kid-friendly way of explaining and understanding and teaching reading disabilities or really any learning disabilities, including dyslexia and others, to children.
0: And you do this, there's a story that you tell in here. What's the story all about? What's the plot?
6: So the story is about a boy who is struggling to learn, learning to read. He doesn't understand why his brain is processing differently than his peers. And he's trying to understand learning how to read as well as understanding why he is quote unquote different, how his brain works differently. And we go through the details of Griffin's experience and explaining to him how Each kid is traveling different roads, and some kids have one road to learning how to read, and other kids have some bumpy roads, and they're doing construction on those roads. And as you are being tutored or learning specific methods, you are building new roads in your brain, but everyone at the end gets to the same place. And at the end of the book, he finishes his book that he's reading, and all his friends and his family is waiting there for him, and it's super exciting. It's kind of like a thrilling and learning book all in one.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a really great way to talk about reading with kids. Did you have a specific age range in mind?
6: So definitely, I mean, for the for younger kids, the method and the understanding could be kind of taught more with a parent. I would say that would be like first grade, pre-1A, pre-K, and second grade. And then for a kid to really read it on his own or her own and understand it, I would definitely, especially a kid who's struggling to read and reading comprehension, I would definitely say fourth grade and up is a great book. I have kids and neighbors in older grades, and they really enjoyed it, as well as the younger grades enjoyed it, reading it with a teacher or a tutor or a parent. That was really the most beneficial of like receiving tangible concepts from the book.
0: Hmm. Is this the first time you've been published, or have you written before?
6: This is our first published book. Super exciting. It's our first time, and we sold out a lot of copies, so that was really exciting as well.
0: Wonderful. Well, congratulations. Uh, What did you learn in the whole process, being your first time writing a book and then going through the publishing thing?
6: Thank you so much. So I really learned that you don't really need to have a major plan. You need to be excited and passionate about something, and you should Just go with the flow. And if your heart isn't something, then your whole body and self and family and friends will follow. Mm -hmm. So that is really the best learning that we have gotten from this book.
0: Well, thank you for using your creativity and your experience as a mom to help others and especially help children do something that we're kind of big fans here at the show and that is reading. So thank you for that, Shavy. Again, the book is called Roadways to Reading. It's by Shavy Gross and published by Fulton Books. You can find it on Amazon, on Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, everywhere you buy books. Well, Shavy, thanks again for coming on the show with me here tonight. I had a really good time talking with you.
6: Great. Thanks for having us.
0: Author Ryan D. Bird is chatting with me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Ryan, thanks for being here with me tonight.
4: You're more than welcome. I've been looking forward to it. Thanks for having me, Corey.
0: I've been looking forward to speaking with you as well. You have a new book out there right now. It's called Crazy or Not, Here I Come. Uh, this is a book that's about your life, right?
4: Yes. Well, to be honest it's about 10 years of my life. Started on uh, January 1st, 2011. Has been uh, going ever since.
0: What inspired you to write your story?
4: It was the experience. There wasn't any one person. You know, you spend your whole life watching and hearing about other people having these great experiences and these bad experiences, whatever you that happened to, and then one day it happened to me. And the experience I went through, I, at the time, I had no idea of what it was. To say it was a life-changing experience was really just an understatement. And so as time went on, it just became more and more obvious to me that I wanted to write about it. There was a lot of reasons for that, but that was really the experience.
0: About how long did it take you to write it and then get it out there?
4: You know, I had a lot of uh, arguments within myself about it. I'm severely dyslexic, and so writing was not something that was in my roundhouse. But when I finally uh, got the courage to start writing, I did a little bit of outlining for about a month, and then I just really I taught myself how to write it as I went. It took me about six months to write the book, another three months to edit it on my own because of my dyslexia. I was just so Self conscious of it. I kept rereading the book and rereading the book and fixing little things. And uh, that all of that took about nine, ten months. And then the craziness starts when you actually sign on with the publisher. It's just all part of the uh, journey I've been on. It's crazy.
0: Wow. Well, congratulations on getting your first book out there. That's a big deal.
4: Yeah, it is. You know what's funny? I've had people ask me, well, you know, how does that make you feel? Do you, does, are you proud uh, of yourself? Are you this? Or you're, and I'm like, honestly, it's, it's surreal. I can't say that I'm not proud of myself, but it's not like I feel proud. I just felt like I did something that I knew I was supposed to do, and now it just seems something now that just is coming naturally. So hopefully the second one won't take quite as long, but that's a whole new world.
0: Well, that's fantastic. You're working on a second one. Are you continuing then along the lines of this one?
4: Yeah, you know, the the first book is really over a five-year span, from 2011 to 2016. It takes me from the state of Georgia out to where I live now in Arizona, and the second book picks up right where the first book lets off. We're going to do a trilogy on this, and then after that I have some other ideas for some things, but I've always kind of thought I needed three books to kind of keep my story out there. So, you know, here I am. It's a great thing, I'll tell you.
0: It is a great thing. It's fantastic you're writing because it, it sounds like the writing process is helping you in a lot of ways, sort of just to sort out your life and, and dealing with things.
4: You know what? That, that is a beautiful statement. I wrote the book to feel connected. When you go through what they call an awakening, it's a, it's a spiritual and a, and a conscious awakening. It, it's a very personal thing. It's a tremendously scary thing. It's, I like to say, it's beautifully scary. Emotionally, when you're up, you're down, you're up, you're down. But Writing the book, it was a way to kind of just for me to get, get out what's been going on inside my mind. And another little side note, I've never, in 10 years, I've never talked to anybody about what I've gone through. Uh, this interview really is the first time that I've ever talked to anybody, and it's just kind of ironic. That it's on a uh, radio cast, what have you. So. Wow,
0: well, thank you for telling your story and, and talking with me about it. That means an awful lot. It's called Crazy or Not, Here I Come by Ryan D. Bird. It's published by Fulton Books, and you can find it everywhere at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, traditional brick-and-mortar stores as well. Oh, well, Ryan, thanks again for coming on the show. I had a great time talking with you.
4: And it was a pleasure meeting you, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking again sometime.
0: Joining me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable is Dr. Mary R. Collins. Her new book tells a truly inspiring story. It's called Let Go, The Evolution of Charity Shaw. Mary, thank you for being here with me tonight.
7: All right. Thank you for having me.
0: Let Go, The Evolution of Charity Shaw. Sounds like it tells a really fascinating story. Can you tell me all about it?
7: Uh, Yes, it's a book that is telling about the uncommon superhero in every way possible so it's for the generation of kids that may not have a lot of heroes to look up to other than just the known ones mm. like i said this is uncommon heroes what inspired you to write this um actually my daughter she was um while she was in middle school they didn't have like a lot of books for those that age range that was like kind of family friendly and so this book is for everybody but primarily Seeing her in middle school kind of made me want to write the book.
0: Is this your first time writing or being published? Yes, my first time being published. Wow, congratulations! How's it feel now to be an officially published
7: author? It feels really good. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I was excited to be published, and because I hadn't really thought about it before, hmm. and one of my professors actually had me think to do that, so I was excited.
0: So I hear time and time again how people were encouraged and inspired by teachers that they've had. And that just speaks to how important it is that teachers encourage writing in students because then it gives way to things like this.
7: Exactly. And so I'm actually endorsed in English. I teach art, but I'm endorsed in English. And I really feel like it's important for kids to get those type of skills prior to going to high school. So that's why I kind of looked at my daughter. She was in the middle school hmm. area, just wanting to be able to, for her to comprehend more of what the books are saying and enjoy them at the same time.
0: About how long were you working on writing this and then getting it put out there in stores?
7: I actually have the other volumes already written. i Working for it, it's going to be a, it's a series, so this is just the first volume of it. I've been working on them for a few years, just getting the books dissected into the different volumes because I wanted to kind of help feed the reader, like the middle school reader, to be better as they get into the high school level.
0: Is there a fair amount of research involved in it?
7: Yes, it is. That's why there. it's a shorter book. I broke them down into volumes so it wasn't overwhelming and they could take in the information as they're reading. So I really thought that through, researched it to see how it kind of works to help kids kind of gain that phonetic awareness that they're missing a lot of times. A lot of the longer stories, just because they kind of get overwhelmed overwhelmed with them. So that's why I broke it down into different volumes.
0: Now, do you have any advice for people who are looking to get out there, get published, write their first book?
7: Um, I would say just really write what you feel, write what's true to you. If you write what inspires you and you enjoy it, then other people will enjoy it just as much. And that's the main point, is just doing what you love to do. So write about what you want to write about.
0: Now, when you write, do you have a certain place you go, something that you listen to, something like that? Because a lot of writers have routines that they get into to kind of get themselves in the mindset. Do you have anything like that?
7: My biggest routine is I I do most of my best writing at nighttime. Hmm. So like when everybody else sleeps or out doing everything, my mind kind of wanders. So I have to jot some things down and uh, have treasure troves of (laughs) things written just through the nighttime.
0: Well, Mary's book is out there now. It's called Let Go, The Evolution of Charity Shaw. It's published by Fulton Books. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, everywhere you buy your books. Again, this is by Dr. Mary R. Collins. Mary, it was a joy having you on the show tonight. Thank you for coming by.
7: All right. Well, thank you for having me.
0: Right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable, I'd like to welcome author Cal Polson to the show. Thank you for joining me here tonight, Cal.
8: I'm very happy to be here and glad to be able to speak with everybody.
0: Your new book is out right now. It's called God, Angels, Demons. Now, you talk about some pretty significant experiences you've had in this book. Can you tell us about it?
8: I sure can, and I would love to. You know, the book God, Angels, and Demons specifically targets the unseen spiritual world and the many encounters I have had in my life. This book was written to help others in their spiritual lives, and that when Satan attacks, God will not abandon you, but will see you through the trial. The book unveils the invisible war between God and Satan and humanity's participation in this war, a war that can decide the fate of souls. The book is a no-holds-barred account of my personal interactions with God, his angels, Satan, and his demons covering 12 true-life stories. Four stories cover God and spiritually interceded in my life to keep me from being hurt or even killed. The second four stories will prove that we do entertain angels, and in many cases, they bring us news of God's interaction in our lives, or the lives of our families. The final four stories will cover my personal battles against unseen demons that strengthened my faith in God. The four demonic stories were emotionally, physically, and spiritually cruel in their intensity. In two of the encounters, I was physically hurt, but prevailed in these battles through the blessings of God. And I am positive that the demonic interventions were an attempt by Satan to get me to denounce God. The book, God, Angels, and Demons, is a potent reminder for believers to strengthen their faith in God and don his armor of light, to shun away the forces of evil that disrupt the body, mind, and spirit.
0: Wow. What persuaded you or convinced you to sit down and write your story out, then tell it to the world?
8: Yes, the story itself emanated one night in a dream, actually. I was dreaming about you know some biblical issues that we were using during some Bible studies that I was taking care of at that time. The title, God, Angels, Demons, came to me, and as we know, the Holy Spirit is relentless in His methodology and, and working extremely hard to get us to do things for the honoring of God. And that's where the book started, with a thought, with a title, no content, and then I started putting a body a book together, outlined it, and started writing the 12 spiritual stories and then added the beginning of the book and then the ending section.
0: Mm. So have you written or published before this?
8: I have not written or published before this, but I have written a second book, and it's called mm-hmm. Rendezvous with Righteousness, and it, too, is an inspiration from God. And it is focused around Romans fourteen twelve, where God says that we shall all someday stand before God and give account of ourselves.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like a book that a lot of people would be interested in. Now, do you have any words of wisdom for aspiring authors who want to write their first book and publish their first book?
8: Yes, I sure do. In many, many cases, whether we have a Christian living or self-help book or a totally uh, spiritually driven conceptual book based on biblical knowledge, God is behind, I would say, the vast majority of these books. And we need to listen to our hearts and listen to our minds Hmm. as we you know, pursue the writing of a book. So I would encourage everyone to listen to that small, soft voice in your heart. Let it take place and take shape in your mind and then go ahead and proceed to write it. But definitely listen to your heart.
0: That's great advice. Well, Cal's book is out in stores now. It's called God, Angels, Demons by Cal Polson, published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere you shop for books, on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, on iTunes. And Cal, thank you again for coming on the show. I had a really nice time chatting. You're very welcome. Thank you. Author Cynthia Pavlichek gives readers a lot to think about in her new book, Beyond Knowing. It's just a chip, right? I'm talking with Cynthia here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Cynthia, thank you for being here with me tonight.
9: Oh, thank you.
0: Can you tell me what Beyond Knowing is all about?
9: Well, it's truly just a story. The goal behind it was to encourage people to be informed about the decisions that they make and also kind of to give them a co-understanding of what the difference between knowing God and knowing about God And so just to encourage them to daily be in their Bible reading and to be inquiring of God what he thinks from his word, what he tells us is important and which ways we should go. How
0: did the idea to write this come about?
9: Well, I found myself continually having to say to people, do you think that's a good idea? Do you think that's Mm. a good idea? So I came up with a story. And I was a hairstylist and I had a lady in my chair who wanted to write a book. And she said, I would love to be an author, but I don't have a story. And I said, well, I have got the story. I will give you the story. Mm-hmm. Well, when I sat down to write out the story to give to her, the book became a book. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was kind of an accident book. So basically, I didn't think I would ever be, have the chance or be able to write a book. And so when it all came together, I suddenly realized if anybody tried to change any of it, it would not be the same story. So here we are.
0: Have you ever written or been published before?
9: I have not. I have not. This was the first time I've I've done little short stories. And when I was in high school, you know, submitted to the school papers, that type of thing. But most of my writings were journaling for myself or just little short stories, things. When I taught Sunday school or when I would talk with a woman's group, I like to kind of have a storyline to go. So I'd write them out ahead of time, but never something like this that had a beginning and middle and an end. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's a pretty big deal to get your first book out there. How's it feel to have it out there now?
9: It's exciting and scary at the same time. That was, that was a little bit of a surprise, knowing that now everybody gets to see yourself, who you really are. You know, it's mm. not about out there in paperback and it's in writing. But it's, it's at the same time, it's really exciting to think, oh gosh, maybe if one person's life has changed and you can make the difference in one person's walk with God, then it was all worth it.
0: Mm, that's fantastic. So I'm sure it was a learning experience going through the writing and the editing and everything for the first time. So what did you learn? Was there anything surprising or challenging about the whole thing in particular?
9: Well, I think there's a lot more work than I realized. So I'll just say that straight off. But the people that helped to publish the book were amazing. And I kind of thought there would be more feedback as to how I should change things and structure things differently. And then what I learned, I think it was the surprise of my life, was that the way you write is your culture writing style. Mm. And so therefore, there's not a lot of change that takes place that way. But, you know, the spelling and proper sentence, that type of thing. But that was probably the most exciting part was that how you write is your way of doing it, you know. So that was kind of fun.
0: Absolutely. Everybody has their own voice and it's important to keep that.
9: Yes. Yeah. And they let me do that. I think that was the thing that was really encouraging was that say, well, you know, if you're comfortable with that, then that's the way it is. And I'm like, wow. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) You know, so that was like a very surprising and very encouraging also. Very encouraging.
0: Well, that's really fantastic, Cynthia. Thank you for putting this out there. Again, the book is called Beyond Knowing. It's Just a Chip, right? It's published by Christian Faith Publishing, and you can find it on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, everywhere you buy your books. And it is, of course, by Cynthia Pavlichek. And, Cynthia, I've had a great time talking with you here tonight. Thanks for coming on the show.
9: Oh, and thank you for having me. You take care.
0: Author Kenneth Ward looks to see readers grow spiritually with his new book, Rolling the Dice with Your Life, One Wrong Turn. Ken is joining me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thanks for chatting with me tonight, Ken.
10: Oh, my pleasure. My
0: pleasure. Can you tell me about your book, Rolling the Dice with Your Life? It sounds like you have quite a story to tell.
10: Oh, well, the book is experiences I had growing up in uh, Compton, California. My brother and I, we came from a good family, but uh, somehow we got off course. And mm. my brother, he ended up getting into, uh, how could you say, the street life. and you end up getting killed. So Wow, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So I took the book and uh, I decided to take that experience and write the book, Rolling the Dice with Your Life.
0: Have you ever written
10: before? Oh, no, no. This is my first book I ever wrote. Yeah.
0: Oh, well, congratulations for having your first one published. What was the whole thing like for you? Was it a difficult process to get this written?
10: In the beginning, because I was talking to people and they said, you know, just get a notebook and just start writing. Somehow just I kept writing and then I started meeting people. And then I had some people from the church hook me up with some writers. And before you know it, it just came to be the book, Rolling the Dice with Your Life. (laughs) Mm.
0: And so how does it feel now to have that first book out there? I mean, it's a lot of hard work.
10: Oh, man, I feel incredible. It's just, I'm just totally, totally thankful to God to be able to write a book. It just feels overwhelming. You know, it's just, you know, growing up, you would see people write books and stuff. You would say, wow, that's incredible. But I never in my life thought I would end up writing a book. Through the grace of God, I did. I give all the thanks to God for to be able to write a book and hopefully win some souls to God's kingdom. Hmm. You know, that's the, the main reason I wrote the book. But people can learn learn from my experience, hopefully my brother and I experience, and hopefully they could not do the same thing and read the book and take a different path, you know.
0: Yeah, thanks for telling your story and, and reaching out to others. It, it couldn't have been an easy one to tell, especially with all the tough things that have happened. And now that you have your first one out there in stores, if somebody came to you and said, hey, I want to get started writing too, I want to publish a book, what advice would you give them?
10: You know, the advice that I got at first, you know, they told me get a notebook and just start writing, you know, through the grace of God, if your intentions are right and well, it's, it's, it's gonna to come together, your book, it will come together.
0: It's really good advice because oftentimes the hardest part is just sitting down and getting
10: started. Exactly.
0: Now, looking ahead, are you writing some more? Are you thinking about getting another one published?
10: You know what? I do. I do want to write a book. It uh, it keeps coming to me. You know, when I was in high school, I used to like this girl. And, uh, you know, everybody liked her. She was just incredible. Mm -hmm. You know, I was kind of like the shy kid. And uh, she's the type of girl that attracted, you know, the star football player and all that Mm -hmm. different stuff. I would like to write a book kind of target. Growing up in high school, you know, in school period, you see this girl that, you know, she's just kind of out of your league. But somehow, as life progresses, you get to the point where you're on your level, on her level, or even higher. Mm. Yeah.
0: Well, we're looking forward to seeing you out there in stores more. Again, this book is called Rolling the Dice with Your Life, One Wrong Turn by Kenneth Ward. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing, and you can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, everywhere you buy books. Ken, thank you for joining me here again tonight. I had a really nice time talking with you.
10: Oh, my pleasure. I had a great time talking with you as well. You know, looking forward to hopefully doing an interview with you again on my next book, because I do believe God to write another book. Thank you so much.
0: Author Charlotte C. Chabuca offers readers words of encouragement and inspiration in her new book, What Can I Do? Assurance That You Can Do It. I'm talking with Charlotte right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for being on the show with me tonight, Charlotte.
11: Thank you for having me.
0: Can you tell me what your book, What Can I Do? is all about?
11: The book pretty much talks about what you can do in the moment. Oftentimes, we we wait for the right time, or we wait for the perfect time, or we wait when something is completed. So, you know, we wait to graduate. We wait to lose the weight. We wait for the next step. And so it just talks about what can you do in the moment, in the right now, and what is it that it is around you that you can use to do something at that moment.
0: How did the idea or the inspiration to write this come about?
11: I had a dream about a title of the book, but I didn't have the body of the book. So. Mm-hmm. After, I think, two years before I wrote the book, a friend of mine had called me and said I had a dream that you wrote a book. And so at that time, I just decided I think it's time to do something about it. If I didn't do it with my own dream, now hmm. <laughs> someone else had to dream about it. So wow. I just decided I ha- it's time to do it.
0: Well, that's great. Have you ever written before?
11: I wrote poetry, but I didn't write books. But in the back of my head, I knew that I, there's a book I needed to write.
0: Was it challenging making that switch going from a poetry background and now doing a prose book?
11: Yes, because you get what they call writer's block. Mm. And so I didn't have more than a page like I did with poetry. And so I had to not write just to write, but to wait for the prompt and the information that would flow with the book.
0: Is that what you did? Just when you got stuck and nothing was coming, you just sit back and just wait for it to happen again?
11: Exactly. And so that took a whole year.
0: <laughs> yeah, oftentimes it is a long process and just takes a lot of patience and endurance. Uh, was that the most challenging thing, would you say, about the whole thing?
11: Not really. I think the writing part came easily. And when it came, it was exciting because then you had something to write. And I would write it either on my phone if I was in the car, obviously not driving, but if I was. Anywhere where I didn't have my laptop to write the information, I would write it on a piece of paper, whatever I had at the time.
0: So, if you had advice now for somebody who wanted to write their first book and get their first book published, what would you tell them?
11: I would pretty much just say, write whatever it is that comes to your mind. And even when it feels like it's not perfect, just write it down anyway, because Mm -hmm. the editing time will help to clear out the clutter. But, you know, if you have a laptop, just sit there and type. If you have a piece of paper, how, Whichever method you prefer to use to record your information, just do it.
0: So what's next? Do you plan on maybe writing some more and pursuing more publishing?
11: Yes. So I have two more books that I'm working on. I do have one that just talks about, you know, success in its own, success in your own words. So not trying to, not the society definition of success, but your how you would define success in your own words. Having a new son now, I'm motivated to write a children's motivational book as well.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. Well, Charlotte's book is out in stores now. It's called What Can I Do? Assurance That You Can Do It. Published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere you buy your books on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores. And, of course, it's written by Charlotte C. Chibuca. Oh, Charlotte, thanks again for coming on the show here tonight. I had a really great time talking with you.
11: Thank you. Much appreciated.
0: In his new book, The 316 Challenge, author Jim Tornell gives effective Bible study advice. Jim is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Jim, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. Can you tell me what The 316 Challenge is all about?
12: Well... It's a different type of book. I don't know that in my exposure to Christian literature I've ever seen anything quite like it because I'm dealing with uh, 10 verses. The interesting thing about them is that they're all 316 verses. In other words, they're found in chapter 3, verse 16 of the various books of the Bible. Hmm. Now, I realize that the chapter and verse designations in the Bible were not created by God. Hmm. They're created by man but what it does is give people a handle for remembering where the verses are found. And in this technology age, I think one of the casualties of technology is that we have I think we've lost the importance of Scripture memorization Mm -hmm. through 10 verses. I encourage people to memorize the 10 verses, but they're easy to remember because they're all found in chapter 3, verse 16 of the various books. And again, some people might think that that tool is a little corny, but It's helpful to me. I was a school teacher for a long, long time. I know giving kids a handle for remembering concepts is important. Hmm. I was very familiar with 2 Timothy 3.16 and 1 Timothy 3.16. I use 1 Timothy 3.16 when I talk with Jehovah's Witness at the door, and 2 Timothy 3.16, I actually used that for a sermon that I gave once. And then of course I knew John 3.16 and I knew that 1 John 3.16 was very much like it. And then all of a sudden i thought well let's see let's let's go through the bible and see what the 316s look like and the 10 verses i actually ended up with eight the first time through and then i added two more and i'm glad i did for reasons that are mentioned in the book so there's 10 verses that i think are significant biblical themes so when people are done with this book they will have at least an introduction to some of the most important concepts in Scripture. Plus, they'll have a handle for remembering where those principles are.
0: I think this is a great book for a lot of people because I think a lot of people are put off and, and a little daunted by how much material that is in Scripture, and they don't know where to start a lot of times. Right. So I think this will be really helpful. Absolutely. Thank you. So is this your first book? Have you written before? Oh, this is my
12: first book. I've written a lot of little things, but nothing ever was published or anything like that. I've had people tell me they've read or listened to something that I've written, and and they suggested maybe that I should try to write something, and then I put it off, put it off, put it off. Now I'm 68 years
0: old, so (laughs) I figured it was time anyway. What's the possibility of a follow-up to this book or maybe another work?
12: Um, Well, I've got some ideas. But I want to see what the Lord does with this book first before I put in the time and effort, because it takes away time and effort from the time I spend with my wife. And we don't travel enough. She would like to travel more. And so I have to be careful whether I get into another one or not. But uh, we'll see what God does with this book.
0: Oh, well, if you're looking to begin your Bible study journey and looking to strengthen your scripture memorization, I recommend you check this out. The 316 Challenge by Jim Tornell. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, everywhere you shop for your books. Uh, Jim, thanks again for coming on the show tonight. I had a really nice time talking with you. Well, thank you. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books.